This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, welcome to Friday's Twilight Show. I'm Maxine, and tonight our show is dedicated to all those educators, past or present, who've taken the brave step and rejected the notion of a job for life. Either leaving another profession to join teaching, changing within teaching, or leaving teaching to embark on something new. I'd love to hear from you. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So welcome this evening. It's always fantastic to be here with you. Um, and today it's been a this week. It's been such a Teachers Talk Radio week for me. Having a fantastic time yesterday at the Bet Show, um, talking to to lots of people, lots of other educators, or lots of people who are working there with the world of education. Um, a few teachers as well who joined particularly later on in the day, or some that were there with some students. But really good to be there with the Teachers Talk radio crew. So tonight's show, it is all about um, the whole idea that a job for life is no longer a thing. We now have, or people tend to have, a career of many jobs. Um, And so tonight's show is really dedicated to all of those educators, past and present, who've taken that brave step rejecting the notion of a job for life, embracing change, either leaving another profession or another career or joining the profession, joining teaching late, making some big changes within teaching or leaving teaching to start something completely new. So I'm hoping we've got Celine joining us a little bit later, a primary school teacher who joined the education world or joined teaching after retraining um, and leaving another leaving another job, leaving a really good job actually, and joining the teaching profession. So I'm I'm hoping she's going to be able to get here and see us. If not, We'll be just fine. We'll be able to we'll be able to get on. So I've got some really super comments that have come through from some other people as well, which have been which have been really, really useful. So looking forward to hearing from anybody as well who can call in and who wants to talk about anything to do with career change, particularly in the world, in and around the world of education. So really prompted to talk tonight about career change by by two things really so starting with the very very highly publicized department for education survey that found that 40,000 teachers left the teaching profession before retirement so 9% of the workforce leaving before retirement um in the 2021 academic year and of course I was one of those. And I think this is really, really important. And one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to start to have a little bit of a look at these statistics a bit differently. And the reason I wanted to look at those statistics a bit differently um, was partly because um, I started just doing something a bit new in the last last couple of weeks. I've, I've started to work with um, an initial teacher training provider. And, and when I was ahead, the whole shortage of teachers and, and really wanting to grow and encourage new teachers into the profession, I wanted to for, for their benefit and for, for anyone who's thinking of coming into teaching, just to make sure that we've had a really, really good look at that whole statistic about um, the whole 40,000 teachers leaving before retirement in that year. So, again, just want to look at how education, how being a teacher, how being a trained teacher, how having a life in schools and in education can work as part of this whole new life 
of or career of many roles and many professions, many jobs. So rather than job for life, lifelong careers, lifelong learning. And how is it possible to join teaching from another profession? And also, how can the skills gained in education help and support with future roles? So any of you out there, educators, past or present, who've taken that brave leap and who have moved into teaching from something else or have moved within teaching and within the world of education into something new or have moved on from education into future roles. How has that happened? What's helped you? What have been the thought processes behind that? So I wanted to have a little bit of a look. Oh, I've, I've got a really, really super update. I've got and I think this is possibly going to um, going to flag up one of the possible challenges with education. But but Celine has completely lost her voice and can't stop coughing. And she was really hoping to be better and well for us. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to send her a little bit of a, a message just for a moment to wish her really, really well. Let's hear from um, from some of our sponsors just while I do that. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our Study Skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving and many more. Offer the Eton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EtonX.com to find out more. So back to uh, back to the show there. I've just exchanged messages with with Celine. And I think one of the things about teaching, sometimes we do get run a little bit low on a Friday and she's got very little voice and very little voice and she is coughing. What she's going to do, she's going to have a go at joining us. And, and what we'll do, we'll, we'll just keep her for a really little while when she gets here and then then we'll let her go. And, and hope that she's well and hope that she takes weekend to rest and that we can we can look we can look forward to, to hopefully hearing from her. So let's let's see how we go. Let's see how she's she's getting on. I've just let her know that we we will be really sympathetic if she is coughing a little bit. And I also definitely won't keep her very long. So again, what I wanted to do was was have a little bit of a look at this 40,000 teachers leaving teachers before retirement I wanted to look at this statistic and I wanted to look in a, a couple of ways and, and see is it just teaching I'm going to talk a little bit about that later but um, we really found that it's definitely not just teaching so Open Study College did a survey of 2,000 UK workers back in 2022 and found that of all the workers in the UK that they surveyed, the, of these 2,000, of those that were aged 25 to 34, on average, by the time they'd been surveyed, they'd already worked in six different roles. So six different job changes by by the time either they were, were 25, 34 or somewhere in between on average. And with older ad adults, with those that were closer re to retirement for those in their 50s, it was found that they'd only worked a total of seven jobs during their entire working life. So only one different. So it's finding that people are swapping and changing. They're changing jobs. They're doing, they're doing all sorts of different things. And the survey found that the reasons that people were giving for changing roles 
was sometimes for a higher wage. And sometimes it was career progression. Sometimes it was wanting to work in a new location. Um, others wanted bigger challenges. Um, others wanted um, to just take on something that was a really more interesting and, and just something that was a bit different. And they wanted to have some training opportunities. Um, so, again, that just sounds like, OK, so lots of people coming into coming into jobs and moving about. So the other thing that I think is an enabling and this research has shown is enabling um, people to come into the um, move around to jobs a little bit more is that there are there's a much wider variety of options now to support people with changing careers. So. A lot of training can be done through distance learning and people are finding that it's possible to retrain and do um, different pathways to change their jobs, even while they're in a full time role. So there might be some part time study that can be done online um, and it, it, you know, that, that can fit and that can be much more flexible. So, so no surprise that people are going to swap and change roles we're going to see Celine in about 10 minutes I'm just going to have a little bit of a little bit of a juggle around and do things a bit differently so that's one of the reasons why people are changing now one of the things that I've found about training to become a teacher um, again this has been in in the last the last few weeks is it's actually um, much more straightforward than I previously thought it was. Now, um, I'm going to, uh, there's quite a bit of crossover between um, my show tonight, between the Twilight show, looking at um, how there is no job for life anymore and how, how people swap and change and change their careers. It does cross over quite a lot with, with last night's Twilight show with Leanne, where um, she talked about people who had, um, who were again, what people who had done before teaching and then what people had done after teaching. And one of the things I've found from um, my little bit of, of work that I've started doing with initial teacher training, and, you know, I would say to, to anybody who is, is thinking about going into teaching, actually, you know, contact your local teaching school hub, your university or, you know, other ITT provider. Keep a lookout on social media. There's lots and lots on there because there are so many really surprising ways in. So to anybody that's got a degree, the postgraduate opportunities, there are just loads. And um, now many schools are taking on apprentice teachers, teachers you get paid while you train. So going into school, being really, you know, a lot heavily school based. Um, and the other thing that I was really surprised to find is that there's a huge amount of financial support out there to help you with learning and with childcare. So you can get a grant for 85% of childcare costs up to £323 a week for two children, which is huge. Um, again, so there's undergraduate opportunities, postgraduate opportunities, traditional PGC, school-centred training, lots and lots of ways in. So no wonder lots of people are finding ways into the profession and moving in a little bit later. And when, when we look at some of the reasons behind making some changes around teaching, when we look at some reasons why people are swapping and changing jobs, actually coming into teaching is really accessible. So one of the things that um, I wanted to wanted to talk about um, is about, you know, we've talked about how you can get into teaching, why it's so great. Um, talks about that whole kind of purpose driven. And we can see that research is about people changing jobs for a higher wage. Teaching is not the most well-paid job in the world, but there are moves to increase teacher pay. But teaching is a job where there's great career progression and it is a job that you can you can move around and do different bits of work with. So, again, no surprise that some people are coming in later and are starting to become teachers. Right. Hopefully, while we wait for Celine, I'm going to take a slightly earlier than usual route into the news and then. First of all, hearing our sponsors, and then hopefully we'll be able to hear from Celine. 
This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EatonX.com to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Ofsted finds itself in the news again, as inspections paused for two-week period to allow inspectors to undertake mental health awareness training begin again on the 22nd of January. ITV News shared the results of a survey of almost 2,000 school leaders, which showed that 97% support the removal of single-word judgments. The survey, carried out by NAHT Union, followed the outcome of the inquest into the death of Ruth Perry. The union has urged Ofsted to implement a number of changes, including a mechanism for school leaders to halt an inspection where an inspector's conduct falls below standards, extending the notice period schools receive for inspection, and asking them to revert to a process, however temporarily, of ungraded inspections similar to those conducted during the pandemic. Meanwhile, the BBC reports that Ofsted has apologised fully for the first time for the role it played in Ruth Perry's death. The apology came at the same time as Ofsted responded to the coroner's prevention of future deaths notice. In the PFD response, new Ofsted chief Sir Martin Oliver said, such tragedies should never happen again, and that he apologised sincerely for the part inspection played in her death. Since the death of Mrs Perry, schools judged as inadequate on safeguarding alone are now re-inspected within three months. Ofsted also changed its confidentiality rules to allow heads to speak to colleagues, family, friends and health professionals about outcomes of inspections before the report is actually published. The Department for Education has committed to working with Ofsted to review things during a consultation in the spring, which it is calling the Big Listen. Education unions praised Ofsted's positive steps, but said they were only the beginning. The weather has been front and centre of the news this week, with schools across parts of Wales and Scotland being forced to close due to snow. Icy conditions and weather warnings made for tricky travel and forced school closures in areas badly affected. For those concerned that the post-pandemic impact of remote learning would mean the end of snow days, pictures on social media and local news proved that this was not always the case. But anyone worried that the icy blasts will last can be assured that the weather is set to return to normal over the next few days. Authors, including Sir Michael Morpogo and Mallory Blackman, have written an open letter urging the government to invest in early years reading. According to a Book Trust survey, only half of children between one and two from low-income families are read to daily, with some families struggling to access books and being in need of support. The letter from authors is addressed to both Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and Labour leader Sakir Starmer and says it is not right that children from poorer backgrounds are deprived of a life rich in reading. Sir Michael Mopogo is president of the Charity Book Trust and helped launch their new campaign Get Reading to support disadvantaged children in family reading. He spoke on BBC Radio 4's Today programme saying that the younger that children are introduced to the power of stories, 
the better chance there is of putting them on an extraordinary pathway of knowledge, understanding and empathy. He also said that books need to be free at the point of delivery, like the health service. A DFE spokesperson said, we are committed to raising literacy for children, but Sir Michael said that these efforts are clearly not enough. Finally, The Guardian features an article which looks at research in America that appears to show that children learn better on paper than on screens. The research follows headlines across the pond which focused on the nationwide collapse in reading scores among American youths, citing a four-point drop in the comprehension skills of 13-year-olds, falling below skill levels of 1971 for the worst performing students. Politicians appear to be assigning blame to the pandemic and the subsequent lockdowns, with remote learning being labelled as bad for students by the Biden administration. Others blame teachers who they say lobbied for lockdowns. However, the article itself focuses on a new study by neuroscientists at Columbia University's Teachers College, which appears to show there is a clear advantage to reading a text on paper rather than on a screen because it leads to what they describe as deeper reading. A sample of 59 children aged 10 to 12 were asked to complete a series of tasks, which led researchers to conclude that we should not yet throw away printed books and shouldn't rely on the digital revolution just yet. Further details can be read on the Guardian website. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Brilliant. And thank you to Jo, who also sounded um, a little bit poorly in her news there. So really great that she still provides that for us. Now, when I first um, came up with the idea of doing this show, of, of thinking, I, I posted on X and I, I just said, have you changed career direction into or out of education or within the sector? I'd love to hear your stories. Um, and I had some really, really super replies. So I'm just going to go through and, and share some of those whilst um, hopefully we do get our our lovely guest will join us. And if not, if she's too poorly, um, I will go on. I'll do something different instead. So that'll be fine. So I had um, a response from uh, doing my best, saying I changed from recruitment consultant to be a primary teacher 19 years ago. And then 18 months ago from primary to secondary. So two pretty good, big changes there. Both great decisions at the time. Really great. Thank you. Doing my best. Thank you. Then Mrs. E. Clapp describes herself as having a pathology degree, then law school and became a commercial property lawyer. Then basket maker, charity trustee, website creator, parent of small children, then a teaching assistant, then retrained as a science teacher, now teaching A-level physics as an ECT2. Uh, you know, so many different different roles there, huge changes. Fabulous Ros Paul, who I have the privilege of working with sometimes, has had so many different roles within education. She's been a safeguarding lead and knows everything about safeguarding, such a quality um, practitioner. She's worked and supported many different schools at leadership level, looked after and supported ECTs. She's done so many different things. Taylor commented, I've been a teacher for 10 years. I've been a stay-at-home mum for the last five years and I'm looking to get back into teaching. Really great. And, and again, I think that's one of the things that um, many mums find is that get with the right schools and the right trusts and it's a really good way to get back into work and to balance that with childcare. Miss Anna said she did teach for two years. Then she worked for five years in tech and design consultancy for the public sector. And now she's back in teaching as a head of department. So really great to hear of some people that have been in and been out of the profession and have made some of those changes and have come in. And really interesting, I think, to hear people that have swapped between primary and secondary. So I started as a secondary school teacher, secondary geography, um, 
became then it became a senior leader in a school that was a middle school for the last two years of primary, the first two years of secondary to everybody else who doesn't necessarily know about that system because not everyone has the three C system like Bedfordshire does. And then the um, school where I was really privileged to be deputy head at that middle school, it merged with its lower schools and became three to 13. And again, making that transition from secondary to primary was really, really interesting. And um, again, I think, you know, a bit like other people, I've, I had never done anything else other than teaching. And, I, you know, I'll talk in a little while, I'd, I'd contemplated going into accountancy until I spent the day um, looking at the accountancy practice and, and came straight back and filled in my application to do a PGCE and, and can honestly say, never regretted it. Hugely challenging job, hugely challenging roles in teaching. It is really difficult. And I'm, I'm not a full-time teacher anymore. I was, a, I was a head for 13 years. But my work that I do now, I can honestly say I probably couldn't have done it without being a teacher. There's something I bring to it every day is about being a teacher. So I'm going to say welcome to Celine now. Thank you so much for joining us. Celine, what we'll do is we won't keep you for very long if you're feeling really poorly and you've had a busy week in your school as a primary school teacher. So great to thank you for being here. Okay. Thank you, Celine. Like I said, we won't keep you ever so long. I can I can hear you coughing and going. Okay. Celine, can you just tell us what, what brought you into teaching and what were you doing first? And so 31, it is, it's not a, a grand old age. It is, it is still quite young. Um, and again, however, you'd had a whole decade of another career. Really interesting to hear you talk about how much you'd enjoyed working with, with children when you've been in there. Um, again, you know, that's super. What, what would you say are some of the really best things about being a teacher now compared to other jobs you've held? Celine, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've talked there about that those eyes lighting up, those those light bulb moments where you've you've really you know you've been responsible and you've you've definitely helped and you've seen children learn something and that that change. But that's really interesting there as well to hear your comment about you're actually impacting lives and and they're they're shape you're shaping and encouraging things like kindness amongst your children
it's so daunting to change it. But I would say for anyone who's ever thought about teaching, just seeing one child's eyes light up because they get something, it is so worth retraining. It's worth changing. It's worth retraining at whatever age you are. It is such a feeling that you just don't get with another job. Thank you, Celine. I mean, that, that word there, that, that came really from the heart then about that feeling. That's, you know, great. Anything about big challenges, just things for people to be aware of going into the profession, particularly if they're going into the profession later. Like you said, it can be a little bit daunting. You've said, just go on, just do it. But but any other thoughts around any of the challenges, things to be aware of maybe that are different to um, jobs outside education that, that you maybe hadn't realised? those things they fall into place and although they are hard they things are tough I'm not going to lie and say teaching's a walk in the park but it is as long as you've got a supportive SLT it's it's a dream it's wonderful and you will you find those challenges they become something that you thrive on so yes there are things that are challenging and I mean I don't I don't go home and do work I leave my laptop at, at school um, I don't do anything like that, So, but you've got to be strict with yourself. That's one of the other challenges is you get so invested, you want to go home and work for hours and hours and hours, but you have to draw the line. Um, so, yeah, I'd say the challenges, the, the needs in the classroom and the time, um, but you just need to, you, you get there. And for people who are new to it, it feels like it's overwhelming, but as long as you've got a supportive SLT and supportive colleagues, which I do, things become much much easier thanks Celine and of course that's a really good point you make there about boundaries about you know doing things making a brave decision and you you know you do a great job and you're you're really successful in what you do and you leave your laptop at work and I, I know you're someone that I quoted a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about how to be your best and to take that break so thank you for that that's I think really really important to note so one of the differences about teaching which you you know you, you'll probably be aware is that there isn't always a, a cut-off time and you do need to be be on your game when you're back in the classroom um celine aware and you're doing an amazing job by the way i've got to say um whilst a little bit quiet and not having a lot of voice i'm, I'm still pretty amazed so i don't want to keep you for too long um any words about the recent early careers teacher conference that i know you you got to attend this week um because just seeing some of your tweets it looked like that had been something that was really exciting And I had heard that, which again I wasn't wasn't fortunate enough to be there. But um, it was somebody who spoke. He was he was from Educating Yorkshire, I think. Is that is that right? Is that right? Yeah, Educating Yorkshire. If you can watch it, go back 
but it is a fantastic episode. Um, but he had a really bad summer, was really bullied, didn't think he'd ever make anything of himself. One teacher believed in him. Now he's a journalist and does public speaking. And again, you had the power to, to um, you were able to hear him, hear him speak. And he cites the reason for his success is the belief that his teachers had in him. So I've, I'm really pleased that you heard that and that, that you found as, as, a, as an ECT and, you know, really successful second year ECT, Selene, I have to say. Um, but I know it's a challenging job. Um, and that you you saw that, and that's something that that helped inspired you and helped you. I just wonder if, just to round up before you go and hopefully enjoy more of your evening and and have a really good rest this weekend. If there are just any sort of final comments about your transition or about your career or anything else that you you'd just like to say to us this evening, Celine. Thank you for joining us. Well, just do it there. You heard it from a second year ECT who had a really successful career, um, has been a mortgage advisor, has worked in school admin and has been, you know, promoted, promoted, promoted um, and then came into teaching and, you know, says that, that that was something really challenging, but some great benefits there. I've really appreciated you joining us, Celine, tonight. And I know that you are are poorly and I hope that you'll take a good rest and and you know thank you so much been really nice to hear from you and I think we'll probably hear from you again on Teachers Talk Radio um over the next over the next few weeks months and you often give me really super quotes to you so thank you for joining us No need to apologise and thank you again. Um, how brilliant to hear from Celine, who I know has felt um, pretty grotty this evening and um, has, has not got much voice. And, I, you know, it can be one of those challenges this time of year as well. One of the realities of, of working in a primary school is that sometimes those germs do spread really quickly. But I really appreciate you, Celine, taking the time to join us this evening. Thank you. So I'm going to just take at that point um, a word from our sponsors and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about people leaving the profession and, you know, where on from that and how, how does that work and, and what happens and what might some of the benefits actually from going into teaching, what might they then take you'll be able to take with you into, into other careers that might be transferable. But let's hear, first of all, from our sponsors. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR23 Two, four for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving and many more. Offer the Eton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EtonX.com to find out more.
Thank you. Good words there from our fabulous sponsors, EtonX and John Cat Educational. So thinking now, we've we've heard from Celine and, and we've heard from some others about coming into teaching later. Um, what about leaving teaching? So um, Leanne on Thursday Twilight um, had a show called Life Before and After Teaching and spoke to a former teacher, Stephanie Carlin, about her life after teaching. Stephanie had 13 years as a teacher I think seven years as a leader she's done subject leadership pastoral leadership and left in September of last year she describes it as a really hard decision she's working part-time for Lancashire Mind and also for the rest of her time self-employed as a coach and trainer and um, when asked about why she left, why she left teaching, she, she cited multiple courses, multiple courses, why she, she'd left. One of them was a really positive one that she'd really enjoyed um, getting involved in coaching and transactional analysis in her last school. And, and do have a listen to, for the full um, version of this because it's a really excellent podcast. And what she did, she did for some time, having left teach, she tried to teach and do the coaching at the same time and just found that there was too much to juggle with that. And so she made the decision to, to leave teaching. She said she loved it and it wasn't an overnight decision, but she's pleased that she did leave and that she left while she was still feeling okay. She, you know, she was honest. She said she didn't want to progress into senior leadership. And she also commented about realising that the teacher lifestyle was taking her to the brink of burnout. So she wanted to be able to make a positive change. And I think that that raises a really important point. And one of the things that, that Stephanie comments that she does at the moment, and this is, you know, this is something that I tried to make our last show about, is that if you're going to stay in teaching, it's a really, really tough job. And we've, we've heard from Celine, who's tired and feeling poorly at the end of a really tough week. And she cites one of her reasons for success about having those clear boundaries. So, so staying it's really, really important to have these. But let's have a think about, about leaving, about leaving teaching. And, and like I said before, I wanted to unpick those statistics. So 40,000 teachers, 9% of the, the workforce left in 21 to 22. So let's. I wanted to have a look to see how that compared to other professions. So is it just teaching that people are leaving? And I, I started with accountancy. So I found um, a site called The Account Online and um, in June 2023, they, they had an article that said over a third of accountants were considering leaving the profession in the next five years. That's 33% considering, 9% in teaching actually did. Um, it was a survey of only 250 accountants, so, so not a huge amount. But what their survey found was that um, about 90% um, of them said they enjoyed their role. But those between 25 to 44 who said that they were thinking of leaving were saying that their reason for that was because there wasn't a good enough work-life balance, that, that their work was taking over their personal life. So it's not just teaching where that happened. 56% of all of those respondents, so over, over half said that they were spending too much time completing manual tasks. So again, my point there, it's not just teaching where this is happening. Um, an organisation called Alite, who described themselves as human capital and business partners in the world's most influential companies, um, providing support with payroll and HR. In 2022, they did a, an international workforce and wellbeing mindset study, um, and they looked at about two um, they looked at 2,000 employees working in companies that had got over 100 employees. Um, they'd got different age groups, a range of industries, and a, a variety of setups. So some were remote, some were in the office, and some were the, the hybrid of two. So a fairly, fairly broad group of people. Half of those in the UK 
um, said that their, their employee experience, their job met their expectations. So only half of them said that. And a quarter said it was well below what they expected. One thing that they found, and I think this is, this is quite concerning, that more than one in four, so 25%, over a quarter, said that they dreaded going into work or starting their workday. And only one in five, 21%, said that they would recommend their company as an employer. So when we're talking about some of the concerns about teaching and some of the difficulties and what, what people are saying, it's not just teaching where this is happening. And, and that's not saying that teaching is not hugely challenging. We, we've seen in the news about the, the changes that Ofsted are going to have to make. Huge challenges there. We know there are massive workload issues. We know that the pay has been well behind other industries and hasn't grown. So we're not saying that. We're not saying there aren't challenges. We're not saying there aren't things. But it's not the only industry where people are leaving and I just think we need to sometimes remember that and you know be and bear that in mind so quite interestingly um, open study college they did a study about career change as well and they found out of their out of the people that they surveyed and they surveyed about 2,000 people um, they found that one of the reasons that people are starting to make a change um, was because people are able to start other side hustles or other small roles whilst they're still working to sort of test out the market. So this this matches um, what we what we heard on on the show that I've just you know referred to the Thursday night twilight show and with somebody that had started doing some coaching and um, had then been able to make that into their new career. So of the 28% who had said they had a new job that they were trying to just start and grow on the side, 86% of those said that that was completely different to their current career. So again, having a little bit of a look and a thought about what people can do to turn something that they're doing as a side hustle, as a as a small job that they're, they're beginning to grow um, while they're, while they're thinking about moving something that is making that whole career change more possible. So Robert Walters HR company did a survey of 2000 professionals um, in 2002 and they found that a huge number of people more than a third are taking steps to look for new jobs. Some had um, prepared CVs, so um, about two thirds have prepared a C CV. Just under half had also started to look at jobs and check out the job market, and a third were actively applying for jobs. And the, the reasons that people were citing for making those changes, and sometimes these changes were within the same type of work, but others it could be a complete swap, where people were finding that there was a lack of job security, 72%, turbulent economic conditions, that was 55%, internal changes within their business, 44%, and a third were finding low job satisfaction. That's what was driving the change. So one of the things that I think is quite interesting, we know that there is now this appetite for people to change careers, not just from teaching. You know, we've seen accountancy. We've seen that this is something that is going on all across the world. This made me start to think about, well, what skills do we need? What What's being shown up? So, again, the World Economic Forum produced a future of jobs report in in May last year and that it really is a fascinating read they um, looked at 803 companies with more than 11 million workers across 27 industries and 45 economies from all regions so this goes all over the world and what they were saying was that they find the fastest growing roles for companies are those driven by technology digitalization and sustainability. So technology related roles, AI and machine learning specialists are some of the fastest growing jobs. So that might not be quite so relevant to people and to skills that they've taken um, 
you know, for, through, that they've learnt. However, we can also see, and their, their work also shows, that jobs in the education industry are also expected to grow by about 10%. And they could be jobs in vocational education. It could be teachers and university and higher education education as well so all manager all manner of different education jobs are going to be growing and different opportunities are going to be arising now when it comes to the skills that workers require so if you're going for a job uh, again this is across a whole range of industries one of the key skills that are considered really important by employers is analytical thinking. Now, if you think about the roles of teachers and school leaders and the things that you learn, the things that you need to analyse, that's such a huge skill. And that was considered one of the, you know, sort of core skills. Other skills were creative thinking. And if you think again about what you learn as a teacher and how well teaching equips you for other industries, you know, I see this as a positive, and I think, I think one of the things is um, we don't need to think in any job once we go into it that sort of stuck and that sort of signing up now forever. What we're doing is we are growing, we're developing as as humans, and we're we're gathering skills and experiences that make us able to go and do other roles outside and and if that does mean losing some people from teaching now I, th I think we need to work really hard to retain some of the best people absolutely but if in the teaching world people do the teaching role for a bit and then move on you know that's what I'd say to anybody if you, if you go into teaching for a while and you've developed these skills that are then really really positive and really wanted in other industries that's great because again analytical thinking something you will definitely learn and use in teaching really really important you know creative thinking really important and regularly used in teaching but the next three I think are really really important resilience well, if there's one industry where you can really demonstrate resilience, it's definitely, definitely teaching. And I think many of the things that you can learn as a teacher support that. Flexibility and agility, the second other really important skill now that, that this research is finding that employers want, and motivation and self-awareness. So if you think about what, you know, learning to be a teacher, being a teacher, practicing, having years in the, the in the um, classroom no wonder former teachers are really quickly snapped up by other industries because we are really great people to employ in in other roles resilience flexibility agility and again that's huge isn't it so no wonder teachers are, are moving into other things because they're being snapped up because they are such great human beings because they've got that resilience. They've got that analytical thinking, that creative thinking that makes us really special people and valuable to all industries. Then we also look, teaching isn't the only industry where people are changing and people are leaving. You know, we've seen in accountancy and other industries. So that, again, I think is, is really important to reflect on. So, again, other skills that, that that research is telling us are really important as well and that the employers are saying that they want to see and that they actually see growing in the future are skills in care, personal uh, services and being cared, caring for people and well-being. So again, they are huge growth industries, caring, looking after people and being mindful of well-being. Really important skills, again, that come central to um, you know, future, future development, future industries. And OK, you know, that's really, really important, I think, to know that as individuals, we definitely get a good chance to practice those as teachers. And that does mean that that's something important for, you know, for other industries as well. Claire, thank you. Um, again, this is really interesting, isn't it? And when when you coach people and when you talk about people, Claire says, thinking about the people I coach, a lot say they don't have transferable skills. Well, I think then, 
you know, that's that as a coach, you're not going to tell people what they've got and what they haven't. But again, what do they mean by transferable skills? What do they, well, they just not realizing they often don't realize and they are confusing teaching expertise and the subject knowledge with broader skills like analysis, resilience and planning, resource development. Absolutely. People can look quite narrowly, can't they? And believe because they've not done something in a particular way, in a particular setting, that they can't do it. Whereas actually, the fact is those really great transferable skills are there. So, so no wonder teachers are being snapped up by all manner of other jobs no wonder that teachers are really good at setting up their own businesses and teachers are really good at building relationships and marketing themselves and doing all of those things as well it's because of the skills that we've developed and have grown through our teaching career you know i can i can honestly say i you know i i was a believer that we had jobs for life i went straight from school to university no gap year nothing straight from university to pgce to back to school again as a teacher and and having done that it had never crossed my mind that i'd do anything different um, because I just thought that was the role that, that I was in. That's what I was going to do. And it, it wasn't until I you know, wanted to think, OK, maybe I would like to do something a bit different, take a change, do something, make a, make a break, that I realised, actually, there are some great skills that I've got. And there's no way that I could do the coaching and the training and, you know, even even some of the talking to people that involves the marketing side that I, I think that I, I'm not very good at. But actually, it is all about developing relationships, building, working with people that 25 plus years in education have left me really, really well equipped to do. So here's here's where where I am with that. And, you know, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to um, have a think about where we might go and what, what we can do and thinking about if you are in that kind of crux point at the moment when you're thinking, and I, I know in Leanne's show she touched on this as well and um, her, her guest spoke beautifully about what you should do if you're thinking about having a change from your current role, whether it's teaching, whether it's something else and coming into teaching, what should you do? Okay, so as a teacher, there's various options, isn't there? So am I going to go or am I going to stay and thrive? And what changes might I need to do? What isn't working for me at the moment? What do I want to be different? What does ideal um, working conditions as a teacher look like for me? And, and I think that's really interesting. And, and you know, Celine touched on this as well. And, and um, a couple of weeks ago, we, we spoke about the research that showed that better leaders or leaders are better and perform better when they've rested, when they've not ruminated and when they've not worked beyond hours. So as teachers, what can we do to stay and thrive? Big questions. What boundaries do we need to set? What expectations do we need to set? And quite often, you know, I think great sweeping generalisation about all teachers are like this. But I think quite often as teachers, and this is certainly the case for me, when we talk about the high expectations that people have and the expectations about the length of time that you're going to be working and you know what you're going to do and how much you're going to do, sometimes we put those pressures and those expectations on ourselves. So actually having a real look at when we're looking at workload, when we're looking at what's expected of us, how much of that is our own high expectations? How much is us not having a view of what is good enough? What is enough? When do I need to take a break? When would taking a break and stopping actually make me better? That's one thing to have a think about. Those sort of boundaries. Other thoughts are you know, different schools different roles within the schools. You know, there are changes, there are swaps and, and changes around that you can make, different sectors, different types of schools. Again, I think that's really interesting. And I think, you know, as, as I think Leanne's guest did say as well, that whole mindset and creating systems and routines to make teaching or whatever is your current job, making it work for you. And I, I'm going to just 
take this phrase that I, I stole from, from their show, don't let Monday steal your Sunday. I love that. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, so if you're thinking of a change in your career, what, what can you do? Well, first thing, and, and Stephanie advised this as well in, in Leanne's show, and I, I would definitely advise this, is once you've done your own thinking and once you've got this, this view in your head, it's really useful to talk. And talking to somebody independent, someone outside work, someone neutral, not a family member and not a colleague. So colleagues, you may be worried about being judged or word getting back or or colleagues will have a view that even if they're talking with the most utmost care, they'll still have a view and some assumptions about you and, and family are the same. Sometimes through the very best intentions, you get advice that comes from a, a real position of care but it's looking through their lens. It's how they view you. It's coming with somebody else's assumptions, beliefs, layered with their own experiences and their own views. And, and you know, that's always, always with lots of care when, you know, colleagues the same and, and family the same. So somebody neutral, somebody who can just generally hold a mirror up to you. Um, have a think about what you could do have a think about what transferable skills you have and you know Claire said so many people assume that they don't have transferable skills and they can't necessarily see that happening somewhere else but look at the reality and then I would say okay well have a think about have do some visualizing what is your dream job what would you really like? What does your job look like? Do you want structure? Do you need the timetable day that comes with teaching? Does it frighten you to think about having no structure and having to take that straight away? Do you like to, to be your own boss or do you like to you know, do things the way that the rules are already created? Where are you? What do you want to do? What hours do you want to work? And I think... One of the things to think is about yourself as a human first and, and a professional second. And, and I think this is, again, another thing about teaching and, and tying our profession in with our identity. And other professions are the same. You know, you will often introduce somebody as this is Maxine. She's a teacher. This is, you know, this is Sarah. She's an accountant rather than you know, thinking of ourselves as a mum, a dad, a sister, a singer, a musician, a dog walker, a runner, any of those other things. And I think one of the things that is really, really important, and this is this is coming towards me starting to pause because I'm almost running into a future show here. I think ultimately it's that whole idea about doing what brings you joy. And what you're looking for, or what I want to think we are looking for in, in what we're going to do, we're looking for a balance between what you love, what the world needs, what you're good at, and what you can earn from it. And looking at all of those things, something you love, something that will bring you joy, something that's needed something that you're going to be good at and you know whether you're good already that's where you've got those skills those transferable skills and something where if you need to earn some money you can earn some money it's finding and looking at all of those balances and i think if you find if you don't get that balance right if you're really high on what you love but the world doesn't need it or you're not good at it and you can't earn from it that may not work either if you just go for what the world needs, if you just go for what you can earn money at, that's not going to bring you joy, satisfaction either. So it's looking at those things, the balance between what you love, what the world needs, what you're good at and what you can earn from it. And I think that might give us a, a little bit of an um, idea for a future show, maybe, maybe later on in February. But um, as for the next show on the 9th of February, already got a topic for that that I'm really excited about. So I'm going to be talking about teachers and their impact on school culture. So we, we know about 
school leaders and, and how important school leaders are for school culture. But what about the actual teacher level? So I've got a really, really great um, guest signed up for, for 9th of February who I've, I've already been talking to about that idea. So really, really excited about that. But back to today, back to thinking about that balance. So with teaching, let's have a think what we've looked at today. Job for life is a thing of the past. We know from this research that anybody now who is, is young has probably had almost as many jobs in their life as somebody who's close to retirement. We are much more likely to change jobs. That change takes some bravery. It takes a big leap of faith. It takes training. And, and we have more access to that training now. And, and like I said, going into teaching, there are all those different routes into teaching now. And, and so many and so many ways that you can be supported with childcare costs, with bursaries, with apprenticeships and pay whilst you're training, if that's, if that's what you want to do. In teaching... You might have a choice between making it work for you or making it, you know, saying this isn't working for me and, and I, I need to do something different and, and having a look and thinking then about all those amazing transferable skills that you've got. And ultimately, then that brings us on to that last piece about finding the balance between what you love and what brings you joy, what the world needs, what there's a demand for what you're good at, what skills you've got, and you know what, what you can definitely do, and then something that you can earn from if that's what you need. Thank you so much for listening tonight. I um, look forward to seeing you the next time on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, thank you very much. Have a really fabulous weekend if you're listening live and have a fabulous whatever you're going to do next if you are listening to this on the podcast Catch Up. Thank you so much, people, and good night. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.